This morning we discussed the first line of Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, which you notice is different from Matthew's. We will now focus on the third line. Give us the bread we need for today. Or as it is rendered in the King James Version, give us day by day our daily bread. Bread is a recurring theme throughout the scriptures and in the history of Christianity. Can you recall any of the stories that have to do with bread? And actually, the floor is open for responses, and I'll repeat them for the people at home. So any stories of bread in the Bible that you can recall? The loaves and the fishes. And the loaves and the fishes. Yes, I think there are multiple stories of that, yes. Elijah and the hearth cake, a more obscure story, but yes, I think that's from one of the kings, first or second kings. Any other biblical scholars in the room? Any other bread stories that we are aware of in the Bible? Manna from heaven in Exodus? Yes. Jesus saying, I am the bread of life in John's gospel. Any others? The Last Supper. Yes, there's bread and wine in the Last Supper. Any more? When Abraham encounters the mysterious priest Melchizedek from the city of Salem in the book of Genesis, Melchizedek places bread and wine before him, which is a, I mean, that is, talk about strange and obscure stories in the Bible. That is a strange and obscure story. When the Israelites were sojourning in the wilderness, God provided them with manna, as Travis says. And I always love talking about the manna story because manna, means, what is this? Isn't that awesome? That's an interesting thing. Manna literally means, what is this? So manna isn't even necessarily bread, but we associate it with bread um, because of a lot of Jesus's teachings. It, we really don't know specifically or actually what it was. When the Israelites arrive in the land of promise, their week-long celebration culminates in a feast that consists of unleavened bread. As the feast unfolds, Israelites were to say to their children, we celebrate this feast because of what God did for us when we came out of Egypt. And of course, there are the numerous stories of bread multiplied and distributed throughout the gospel accounts of Jesus' work of announcing God's imminent reign. The temptation in our own time is to spiritualize the word bread and make it something intangible and invisible. But for our purposes, we will resist that temptation and focus on the tangible, physical, tactile food that is present in some way in almost every culture, bread. There is no consensus as to how the phrase, the bread we need for today, can be most accurately translated. 
Some say that it's best translated as the bread that surpasses our substance. Others say bread necessary for existence. Others say bread for the coming day. While yet others say bread for the coming age or bread for the future. Don't you just love the endless possibilities of sacred language? However you or I wish to translate those few words, it is still the God of Israel in the context not only of the Lord's prayer or the Our Father, but in the memory of Christians and Jews throughout history who is doing the giving. That's the important part, that it is God who gives the bread, who supplies and provides. Whether it is the bread we need today, the bread necessary for our existence, the bread for the coming day, or the bread for the coming age, behind all our needs, wants, and the meetings of those needs and wants and desires is a loving God who will not withhold anything God has made from the creatures God has made. This consciousness of a God who is constantly providing, constantly caring for, constantly tending to us, is what lies at the heart of life with Jesus Christ. One of my most cherished recurring memories of my childhood and really of my life in general is my maternal grandmother at the beginning of every meal always placing her right hand on her forehead bracing on the table bowing her head and pronouncing the following prayer god thank you for this food we are about to receive for the nourishment of our bodies for christ's sake Amen. That's how she always prayed. And she said it in almost a single breath. She didn't even really take a breath when she was praying that prayer. It was almost a single word. And I didn't come around into this world until my grandmother's late 50s. So I can only assume that was also the prayer my mother and her siblings heard in their childhood as well. This very quiet and lively recognition that at the source of her sustenance and breath for my grandmother is a power beyond all imagining. A God who cares, a God who tends to us, a God who provides for us. And so it was her practice to pause, brace, and bow and say, thank you, life giver. Thank you, bread giver. Thank you, God. The mystery and the glory of the Lord's Prayer is that though it is an ancient, though it is ancient and has been said countless times, countless times over the past 21 centuries, its resonance is new in every generation. It speaks of a generous God who lives at the heart of creation, 
a God who is feeding us and all created beings, a God who is merciful and forgives us as we forgive those who sin against us. It speaks of a holy God who is both revealed and hidden, intimate and mysterious, and it, like all prayer, invites us to listen to the crucified and risen Christ praying inside of us to attend to the Holy Spirit who is always nursing us to wholeness and fullness of stature. It is also an invitation to imagine a world wherein God is in charge, a world in which every person is fed, every person is full, every person is forgiven. I cannot handle the bread on the altar before us and not be drawn to the places around our world or in this city or on my very block where food crises and famine are commonplace. I cannot handle the bread on this altar and not be struck by the vision of an economy where we ask for and receive enough. Not more than what we need, not less than what we need, but exactly what we need enough. I cannot handle the bread on the altar before me and not appreciate the innumerable times in history when Christians in every language, tongue, ethnicity, and culture have done just as we will do in just a moment. Take the sacramental loaf. Bless the sacramental loaf. Break the sacramental loaf and share the sacramental love, a symbol of the shape of God's love for the whole world. And as we take, bless, break, and share, we ourselves are taken by God, blessed by God, broken in God. I almost said broken by God, but God doesn't break us. And we are shared by God to be that same bread for a world that is desperate and hungry for love. Amen.